Yay! That was kind of on sync. Not that good. <gasps> Mine wasn't that loud. I, I spent the day um, editing 606, so I just relived the nick of it all, like, two hours ago. <laughs> uh, that's also, that was... We haven't talked about the Oscar nominations. That was we were talking about the Globes, the Critics' Choice, and everything yes. for that. We haven't talked about the Oscar nominations yet because they just came out. I want to first and foremost say how fucking snubbed Jeremy Allen White and Zac Efron were this Oscar season. They were so snubbed, and I'm so upset about it. I didn't see Iron Claw. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the discourse with like the show just seems like they're angry about everyone who wasn't nominated like we're all like oh we don't care about who's nominated we're mad about who's not nominated that's that's pretty par for the course for the oscars though but like margot robbie not getting nominated for best lead actress for barbie but ryan gosling getting nominated to as ken but she has hillary clinton on her side that is that is weird it's like it's like pick one or the other or you know what i mean like you can't That is very strange, especially for a big blockbuster like Barbie, because that's definitely happened in, like, other movies, more dramatic movies. But a movie like Barbie, that doesn't really happen in the Oscars, where, like, one lead gets nominated and the other one doesn't. But, love Ryan, but I wouldn't have said he deserved it over Margot. No, I don't think he'll win. No, absolutely not. And Greta not getting nominated for director... I wanted Greta to win Best Director at the Oscars, and now there's no chance of that happening, and I'm so fucking mad about it. Who who get, did get nominated? Bradley Cooper. Uh, no, I literally for, was about to say for white man. I saw white man and a one tweet woman that were got like, nominated. they were like, I don't know what's going on, but somehow it's Bradley Cooper's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is always Bradley Cooper's fault. He should have stuck to playing saw, gay Ben no, McKinley but- in Wet Hot American Summer, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> Every bitch was saying online that they were like they felt so bad for him at all the other ceremonies because he hasn't no. he didn't win anything. I saw a lot of people saying that. I'm like now all y'all hate him. No, what, what's the vibe? I didn't. I didn't watch the movie, but my mom I haven't seen it either. My mom said she couldn't even get through it. She was like, the thing about Maestro is that he's like a, a he the, spent the, 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 what's it called Orchestra, a conductor. He's, conductor. He's, um well composer he plays leonard bernstein it's a biopic but my mom was like the thing is is that bradley cooper has spent so long making this movie and he knows everything about leonard bernstein that when he's telling the story as the director and as the actor and as the writer he doesn't really let the audience in on maybe like the little things that they need to know about bernstein to make the story flow coherently because she said like Cooper himself just sort of like fills in the blanks in his head probably from scene to scene or like yeah, time period to time period. She was like, you time jump to like some really important moments in his life with like no context on how they came to be. Oh, huh. weird. Like, like it just assumes that the audience knows the trajectory of his career and his life. A24 dropped the fucking ball not doing an Oscar campaign for Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White. I have not stopped thinking about Iron Claw since I saw it. I, I think seen about it, yet. it every I seen day. It, it is oh. heartbreaking. My bad. This is I haven't seen like is... any of the Oscar movies this year though to be fair. I mean, I did see I did see Barbie, but like I I saw Barbie. I did not see Oppenheimer. No. Um Do you know what the story is of Iron Claw? Yeah. Yeah, I read the Wikipedia but, page for like the for like the brothers. Yeah. 
the it's the Von Erich brothers, and like it's he's the one that's still alive, and mm-hmm. you see him lose all of his Wait, brothers. Zach. Yeah, Zach, Zach Efron is like the last alive. remaining Von Erich brother. Oh, I saw that like that guy showed up to like one of the carpets or something like that. Yeah. Um, he asked in, like And the, the real story the is like way sadder than the one in the yeah. movie too. And I heard like they left they left out a brother. They had to take a whole brother out because the movie couldn't take another death. It couldn't it wouldn't so have survived. Four or five of them died. There were six brothers, there is five there's one left. So five died. One Which is was just a crazy. Little, what the my, heck? My brother let me know how the little tiny... One of them died when he was a little tiny kid when he was five years old. He was standing on the back of a trailer hitch um, and it got struck by lightning and he fell down into a puddle and drowned. Lightning? That is crazy. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's like a one in a million type fucking scenario. No, seriously. That's crazy. There weren't, yeah. there weren't the majority of the rest of them like overdoses or suicides? No. Two of them were suicides. Um, and then one two, one was a health issue, yeah? Two of them were suicides. Sorry, it's the... No, three of them were suicides. One of the suicides was cut from the movie. Um, Damn. Yeah, and then one the of Verter them was... The effects, he, he was that's bleeding. what I'm learning about right now. One of them was he was bleeding internally, and he was, like, in Tokyo for a match, and he bled out. He just bled out internally. That is oh so God. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it's, my god. It's fucking like there's Wait, a and they put the that one the in the movie? movie? Is that yeah, is that Harris movie. Dickinson's character? That's Harris Dickinson, yeah. Okay. There's a line in the movie at the end when Zac Efron is sitting watching his children play. It's his two boys play with each other and he just sits there and he starts crying and they come up to him and they go, "Daddy, what's wrong?" And he goes, "I'm just sad because I used to be a brother." Like, oh, oh man. I should watch this movie. Yeah, Lena, I feel like this is such a Lena movie. Like, it's it's such a me movie. (laughs) Um, Let me look at the other nominations and see if I see anything. Jeremy plays the brother. He's the Von Erich brother that he originally was not one of the wrestlers. He was going to be in the Olympics. He was a track and field star. He was going to be in the Olympics. But that was the year that because of the Cold War, we did not participate in the Olympics. Well, so also, he didn't get like, to go to the Olympics, so he got tied up in wrestling with his family. Yeah, and the dad was like, you decline. have to wrestle. Um, let's yeah. see. I have not seen the holdovers or... <gasps> holdovers is amazing. Or Poor Thighs or Anatomy what... of a Fall or Killers of the Flower Moon. I really have not seen any of the movies this year. I've just been really off my, like, current movie watching game because I'm watching movies, yeah. like, for class or whatever. Um, but I, <gasps> oh, I want to watch what? all these. You know what I Zoe did Zoe saw do? Poor Things and said it was really good. I watched the holdovers. Giamatti better get that Oscar. Yeah, he won, he's won at all the other awards, so I think he will. Um, have they haven't not announced seen... the SAG nominations yet, have they? No. They have. A... Wait. No. The SAG nominations? No, they... what, oh, they've done, like, BAFTA stuff. Um, people are upset that... Or I saw some people, obviously Sunny fans, upset that Glenn was left out of the Oscar noms because he's been in, like, every... He's been nominated in, like, every other award show this year. For Blackberry. For Blackberry. And there when the movie first came out, there was some talk about him being a possible nominee. But I don't was know the what other I don't guy know, nominated? Jay Barishal? No. Yeah. I don't know what they're well, he has he really hasn't been for a lot of the other shows, but I don't know what they're claiming like kind of overshadowed him. 
Um, because of Blackberry, they no. I feel like, like that movie like didn't get as movie, much talk as it should have. It yeah. I mean, it got like a pretty good amount, but um, no more like the people were like, oh, a movie came out at the end of the year and sort of just like caught the attention of the voters and stuff, and so that's why Glenn was left out of the nominations. Mm. But I don't remember like what what movie or what role that they like are claiming it I it for- could have been but i forgot that the sag awards are also tv so there's yet more awards for secession to win oh yeah um, and yeah. they probably will to be honest absolutely um, and the bear and the bear is up for the sag awards but but yeah th- but the iron claw not getting a single nomination in any of the awards it rubs me the wrong way it's one of the best movies i've ever seen I, I feel cannot like stop thinking A24 about it. A24 normally does pretty good, too. And, like, they just got pushed to the background. Like, this could have been Jeremy's moment. Their thing, too, is that they do not really campaign for award shows that well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's always kind of been an A24 thing. I mean, Everything Everywhere was, like, kind of an exception. And yeah. so was, was Little Women A24, Greta Gerwig's? I don't think so. No. Lady Bird was, though, was... right? But yeah, even Lady then, Bird Lady Bird, like, I don't think they really campaign campaigned for Lady Bird. Like, yeah. And then I feel like a lot of Everything Everywhere was really, like, word of mouth. Yeah. And not official campaign. Like, that's just, I don't know. It's just not something that A24 really does. I think... Does to, it being like, a real story have anything, do you think, to deal with it? I or think no? they just, I think they should have waited and put it out in February so that it was up for next year's Oscars. I think they decided not to let it fight. I don't know why, but like, it's, it's remarkable. I can't stop thinking about it. Zac Efron deserves an Oscar for this. Is it how streamed? did it, how did it do in the box? I think it did really well. Hold on. Iron Claw box office numbers. Like, Jeremy... Jeremy and Zach both deserve nominations for that movie. It it has Um, grossed $34 million. Named one of the top 10 films of 2023 by the National Board of Review, but can't get a fucking nomination for anything. Oh, yeah. It it made its money back and, and doubled it in the box. But even then, like, by... I don't know, by a lot of movie standards, that's not a whole lot. 30, 35 yeah, like million? It's, it's very much an indie movie, but like it's like it's an Oscar bait movie. Oh, it for sure. An, it's an Oscar bait movie. Me when I have thirty million dollars. I think it is kind of crazy that Maestro got nominated so many times because that right. is an Oscar bait movie if I've ever if I've Absolutely. ever watched the trailer for Absolutely. one. Um <laughs> I saw one clip and I said, I'm gonna watch it. If you've seen Maestro and you loved it, that's fine. Feel free to yell at me, um, listeners. But I, yeah. And I'm a Bradley Cooper head. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I ride for him a little. Um, I was a big Hangover fan in my day. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he he takes himself really seriously, which is, like, a good thing, I guess. But it is also a little bit his downfall. Like, when he was doing Actors on Actors and he kind of, like, low-key shaded Killian Murphy, I was like, that's like not a good look. <laughs> yeah. 
And like, I know I'm riding hard for these white men. I am, I am furious that the Academy cannot deign to nominate two female directors for best director. That's fucking nuts for me. I think it's a serious bummer that Greta Lee was left out. Yeah. Greta Lee got, and the color purple got really, really snubbed. Oh yeah. I did not hear like, and that's, and that's crazy too, is like, when that movie came out, I did not really hear... No, I all of a sudden I heard Oprah talking about it and I was just like Isn't it also though like movie that's based on a musical that's based on a movie? It's kind of like how the Mean Girls musical movie just came out. Yeah, it's it's more of a remake cuz the musical movie existed. It's more of a remake. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's like just notably like that Greta and Greta Lee and Margot got snubbed and the color purple got snubbed. It's a misogyny and a racism problem on the on the part of the board of nominators cuz what the fuck do you mean Maestro got all those nominations and the color purple and Barbie didn't get the nominations in the categories that they deserved them in. Like fucking for, Oppenheimer what is, Ryan, is he up for best supporting? Best lead. Best lead? That's an absolute joke to me. Wait, he's that. up for lead and not supporting? Okay, lead. well, I guess to be fair, like, by screen time standards, he is a lead, but, like... He's the male would, lead. Supporting would make me go, like, okay, but for best lead, and who is he up against? Probably, what, Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. and Killian um, Murphy. Paul Giamatti. Paul that's Giamatti. A- and then one yeah. more. I'm sorry, I have to laugh. Like, that's... I mean, I mean, I think it's, Leo. it's also Leo that they're and killers. No, Leo was snubbed. Um, it's probably I. I mean, part of it is just that like Barbie is a very unserious movie, and the rest of these that's are why like it's a joke, and the rest of these are like drama dramas. Um, but that's the thing is like comedies don't go to the Oscars. Yeah, like, like I thought I'm, Ryan was like, great. Like oh, he no, made me laugh. Ryan he made is me not giggle. up for best actor. I thought he was best lead because he's the male lead of the movie. What's he up for? No, he's supporting. Oh. Is he? He's what's up, the what's he, best lead? Uh Paul Giamatti, um, Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Killian Murphy, and oh, Jeffrey Coleman. Wright. Um, right, Coleman Domingo. He's up for supporting. He's against Mark Ruffalo, Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., and Sterling K. Brown. Oh. He's gonna lose to Robert Downey Jr. or Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. What about De Niro? Okay, I, De Niro's yeah. done some clunkers in the past couple of years. De Niro is very much of the mindset of one for me, one for them. What um, is De Niro yeah. nominated for? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. He played, like, the villain. I ain't seen that either. I Yeah, I really wanted to, but I got really busy. Oppenheimer is nominated for hair and makeup, and Barbie isn't. That's dope. Excuse me? <laughs> Um, did you guys see Josh Peck in that movie? Yeah. I might just be super Barbie neutral, but I just feel like, I do just feel like movies like Barbie, like very, I don't know, like campy, don't usually go to the Oscars. Like I'm surprised see, that I it's feel- in there at all. I just feel like, like I don't even have anyone nominated. Well, yeah, I'm like, like the point with this one is not that it's campy. It's this was a movie made for women and go fuck yourself. We're not nominating movies made for women because they never do. They never do. nominate Greta and call it a day. Was well, she she's nominated, nominated for, for Little the Women? Script. Oh, she not for best director. Put her in there and then kick Ryan out of there. Um, Was she nominated for Little Women? 
She was Little Women was nominated. I think her only oh, best she director was, nomination she was has been not... for Lady Bird. I think she was nominated best director for Lady Bird. Yeah, she was. Um three three women have won best director. Three. There have been 95 years of the Oscars. Three women have won yeah. best director. Is um Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, Justine Tria is nominated for Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. That's what I said. She's nominated. She's nominated, but God forbid they nominate two women. Scorsese, Yorgos, Nolan, and Jonathan Glazer. And The Zone of Interest is a Holocaust movie, yeah? Is that um, the Jonathan Glazer one? Yeah, it is. Never even heard of that one. Um. Yeah, it's a... A Holocaust film. Um, Jonathan Glazer is the is the director, but there are some acting nominations. I'm pretty sure. Maybe let me see. I just get mad when like because it, it's movies made for white men that get nominated for for Academy Awards. Like it's war movies. It's biopics about white men. It's movies directed to white men. Like, that's who wins. And it's so annoying. What was American fiction about? I don't know. Monk is a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, he uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. Is that the Coleman Domingo one? Yeah, and that actually, well, and Jeffrey Wright, was the star i think that actually looks no 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 rust uh, rustin was the coleman domingo one this okay. looks really good actually what is what is sterling k brown in is that it's also... it's american fiction american fiction it's um jeffrey wright tracy ellis ross erica oh, alexander shit. Issa ray and sterling k brown well damn also america ferrera did get nominated which is nice it's nice that america ferrera got nominated and I think she's on a short list of, you know, Hispanic women that have been nominated for a fucking Oscar in that category. I think Divine Joy Randolph will win because she's, I hope she she's won in the other. Um, she's from Philly. Oh, she she's was she Philly. was also in Rustin. So she's technically going for like um, two. Let's see. Rustin, her. an American biographical drama about the life of civil rights activist Bayard Rustin. Huh? She's amazing in the the holdovers is so good. Do you know the plot of the holdovers? Yeah, no it's clue. like it's like a boarding school, and it's like the last three people who are like still at the school during a break. Yeah, during Christmas break. Yeah, and that's it. It's a nice small movie about like being trapped at school with a professor you really don't like, and a and it's not the sort of shitty kid, and the woman who runs the kitchen like in this mm-hmm. just stuck at the sporting school over christmas break and it's heartwarming it's a good christmas movie and it's paul giamatti is just he's so good i love well that and dominic sessa that's his first From- acting role they literally like found him just like on location he is a 21 year old from cherry hill new jersey yeah well they just like he I guess I heard the story. He was just like on, he was just on location or he was there when they were scouting and they just like saw him and they were like, do you act? (laughs) Like, do you, you should be in this movie. He's a 21 year old from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, speaking of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, I sent a picture to who's coming to that Monster Mania, the original fucking Mandy Milkovich. What's she going Jane for? Lee I mean, what she does. I think for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I don't know. But like, what? That show been... ended forever ago. It's But it's Monster Mania. There's never really yeah. like a reason. Like you could have done a go. movie once, but also... seven, like eight, 80 years ago, and people would go to meet you. But also the way that Fan Expo announced the Cameron Monaghan coming. Oh. It's so funny. They announced him in one of the voice actor categories when like the, go- the one of the other guys from Gotham is also going to be there. Announce him as the Joker from Gotham. Yeah, but he's there. He's there for um, the Star Wars video game, right? That's how they. Yeah, that's like the category they announced him in. But like another Gotham cast member is going. Announce him as a guy from Gotham. I know, but that's what he's choosing to be identified. He's like, he's like, yeah, list me as the guy from Star Wars. Cameron's hit mainstream. I've seen more people talk about him since his, like, Star Wars gig before he, like, during, even during Shameless, he barely got talk if you weren't in the fandom. But Homeboy is a fan favorite no matter who you are. I don't know. The the lecture that I um, got to attend the other night, Signa Bauman, um, where she talked about her film, her animated film, My Love Affair with Marriage, he plays the male lead in that. And she was like... Uh, he he voice acted, and it was it was years ago. Like like, and Emma Kenny's in it too. Whose um, project was this? But this this Signa Bauman, and um, actually, funnily enough, Ruby Modine, who Cameron dated for a couple years, and Matthew Modine, her dad, um, and also famous famous actor Matthew Modine, uh, is in the movie as well. Um, but she was, it was so funny because she was talking about him. She like put up a picture of him. She was like, Cam- you guys know Cameron Monaghan? Like <laughs> he's in Shameless, you know, you guys know. And then people were like cheering. And then she was like, yeah, he was like awesome. He was really great. And then she was like, okay, let's move on. Like, let's just quickly scroll through everybody. The, um, the female lead is, um, oh God, what's her name? Dagmara Dom- Domichik from Succession, Carolina oh, no in Succession. She's the she female lead. Yeah. And this was pre and this was way pre succession. They recorded the voices. Did you in realize like she's also in 2015? Bottoms? She plays the mom of um, Yeah, she's the mom. The really hot one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that lecture was super cool. I wish I could have stayed to watch the oh, movie because they were doing a screening. I'll have to watch it on my own time. But it looked really but, good. Yeah. That's very cool. But yeah, I you know, I could I should try to get off. Maybe that I know weekend. Zoe literally we DM'd fan me expo and, and was like, mm, guess you have to come in May. And I was like, I guess I fucking do. And then Amanda sent me the post like not like 10 minutes later. <laughs> me wearing the t-shirt that's the logo Dude, for I, our podcast. my hoodie is completely <laughs> faded. Um... It's insane. So is my shirt. I wore it the other day. Uh, I've just, oh God. It's the same fucking convention where I met Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, like, yeah, let me go meet Cameron Monaghan. Sure, that would be that would be so fun. What's the vibe difference between Fan Expo and Monster Mania? So much better. Fan not Expo's in a, in a convention sleazy center, hotel. Um, not in a like shitty tiny hotel in Cherry Hill. Uh, no, it's at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. It's like well laid out. There's a Dope. proper artist alley and everything. And like, even and even for like how big it is, the prices are so reasonable. 
Like, so reasonable. The most expensive one I bought was a Michael J. Fox autograph because the man, I can't believe he's still doing autographs. And even that was only, even that was only $275. That's less than I paid for a picture with Jensen Ackles. Honestly, Creation Night is a scam and I will never give them my money again. (laughs) Oh, Felicia Day is also going to the same fan expo. What's she going for? Mystery Science Theater? Probably, yeah. Just to hang out, to have fun. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Are we ready to get into the episode, guys? Yeah, I was about to say, oh, is that yeah. all the news? Is that all the hot topics that we need I to talk think about? so, yeah. Are we missing anything? Still, you guys have to watch Iron Claw. You gotta find it and watch it. I know, it. I, I have so I many movies. I'm like try. struggling, I'm like struggling to keep up with the movies that I have to watch for school. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and I haven't been watching any TV and I, there is a, there's a void in my heart. Like, I've been a gamer recently, and my brother's sending me a PS4, so about to be disappearing. Oh, I do love those clips that you sent us of the workaholics guys talking about the bear. Oh, like, should I post how those? They <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, okay. So I sent Amanda. Well, I first sent Amanda a clip of Adam Devine on the the TII podcast talking about uh, Modern Family. And how they won the Emmy every year until he joined the cast, and then suddenly they didn't anymore. <laughs> he I was can't like, believe "Gemstones" and "Eastbound and Down," and like never got any noms. That's crazy. No, I mean, I'm honestly surprised that what we do in the shadows has ever gotten any nods. So Kyle was missing from the podcast because he's working on Shadows right now, and the last season of Shadows, and they were like. Oh, yeah, like, remember Kyle, like, went to the Emmys, like, whatever. Not like he mentioned it eight billion times, but we never got nominated <laughs> for our show that we made together. They said they got nominated for stunts once. Um, the same year That's that Sunny. That's a funny thing to be nominated for. Well, yeah, they were, like, the same year that Sunny also got nominated because Durst was talking about how crazy it is that Sunny's never been nominated either and that he saw their appearance at the Emmys. Um, but they brought up the same thing we bring up all the time where it's like, why is the bear in the comedy category? And they were like, Durs, resident writer, like, why is that? And he said the same thing that we've been saying where it's like, um, it really comes down to hour, half hour, where if it's under, um, if it's, if it's 30, 40 minutes, it's considered a comedy usually, even if it's really like a dramedy. And then if it's closer to an hour they put it in the drama category usually a timing so metric stupid. to decide the genre is the most ass backwards thing i really think they should just split it into I, I really think if they're gonna do that they should just split it into 30 minutes and half hour i'll be honest like yeah like stop trying to genre stuff because i think like the way tv is going now things are and I'm sure even, like, back in the day, but honestly, back in the day, you used to have legit sitcoms going to the Emmys, like, Arrested Development yeah. and Modern Family, and nowadays, like, they don't. I guess Abbott, Abbott. is an exception, but... Just Abbott. Um, but I really think they should just split it into 30-minute an hour, because and that's still that's hour. still two categories. Yeah, Succession's an hour. And then that's still two. Minutes. Yeah, that's still two categories. But I guess then, like... It would really stifle true, true comedies that do end up making it to the nominations like what we do in The Shadows, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. What if they did like 30 minute drama and 30, 
30 minute comedy and an hour long i just maybe it would be too many awards for them but or just like hey does the show give every viewer an anxiety attack that's not a comedy like (laughs) (laughs) i mean half of it is just half of it is the way that they submit though right like the show probably figured it had a better chance to submit as a comedy because they wouldn't have to go up against succession if i'm being honest i laughed more at succession than i did at the bear yeah they did give us i hope they yeah. switch over in this they next did give a will be fighting succession special shout out to Eben because they said that he makes them laugh really hard yeah and they did also say succession's pretty funny but then they were like no but that's like a true blue drama like i saw this interview with like the succession creator i forget like what the context was but he was like oh it was with seth myers um and like Seth was like saying like the who's like the eldest boy like thing is like such a scene that like it's not I am funny, the eldest but, like, boy yeah I'm the eldest boy like it's just something about that line itself the way it resonates it's just like that's funny even though it's it's not yeah. a it's funny, funny scene. but then in context it's just like disgusting to watch yeah like it's literally like ah uh, like I cannot believe he actually said that with his whole chest seriously <laughs> and thought that it would like work stick um. But yeah, I can maybe post those clips, but I, I don't have to. It's um, yeah. what is but it? But I just like that they that they're that there's a general consensus of like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. That oh yeah, this is like so a thing in the industry too. I mean, even people who work very closely in the industry like don't get it either. Or, like are are upset with the outcomes of award shows. Um, but yeah, it is episode one eighty four of this is important. Dry January just got a little damp. So there's that for you. Huh, I can, I completely missed the SAG award announcements. Me too. I feel like it's one of those that I don't really pay a lot of attention to. Oh, a lot of people were saying on my side of Twitter that they want, um, they think that Bill Hader will get some recognition for for the last for Barry? season of Barry. I don't know. The last season of Barry was not that strong to me personally. Nominee, um. Sally. It was stronger than Ted Lasso, but no, not even the finale. I'm like, there are mid-season episodes that are way no, stronger no, no, than the finale No, no, I said Sally. Was. Sally, not the finale. Oh, oh, for mm-hmm. sure. When people are she like, no, Hank, and I'm like, he's that. giving Gus Fring, like, he's he's good, but like, I don't know. I'm just like, he's not there are like true disruptors in the category, usually. So. The male actor in a drama series is Brian Crox, Billy Crudup, Kieran Culkin, Matthew McFadden, and Pedro Pascal. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Kieran will win. Yeah, I was supposed to say Kieran's going to whoop everyone. Clean again. up. Well, because everyone's like, it's your last season and you never won. And he did the best work that he has done in the entire show. The really, the only like thing that irks me a little about, about it is that he, when he gets up there, he acts just like Roman. And I'm like, like, that is kind of the mark of a good actor. Because when he talks about Roman, he talks about him as if he's a part of him. But I'm like, how much are you really acting then? Like, can we call you best actor? Because how much are you really acting? Yeah. He is making him believable, though, because he's, you know, I guess kind of similar in just like mannerisms or whatever to how Kieran is in real life. But I don't know. It's like a weird thing to me. Zoe says Kieran plays himself in everything. Low key, but like I do, th- I do think he deserves to win because I do think his 
what he did with Roman in this last season particularly was really, really good. But then he gets up and he acts like Roman (laughs) on stage. And I'm like, oh, so Outstanding performance by a male actor in a comedy series at the SAG Awards is Brett Goldstein versus Bill Hader versus Eben Mosbarak versus Jason Sudeikis versus Jeremy Allen White. Whoa. Jeremy's (laughs) cleaning up. I don't even know what to say. Like... Brett, get out of here. Jason, get out of here. Bill was phoning it in the last season, not gonna lie. Um, Eben might be Jeremy's only competition. No, seriously, because it's like, but also it's like their characters do very different things. Yeah. So like, I don't oh, even Quinta know. Quinta is up against Io. Quinta and Io are against each other in the same category. <laughs> beef. Um, oh yeah, speaking of limited beef. series beef, um, won everything. They're nominated. I never watched it. I was just Me late either, to the party. And then and then because I was late to the party, all of the allegations came out and now I would feel bad about watching it. So I also hate Ali Wong. Really? She's, She's dating, dating Bill Hader. <laughs> I know. She did an entire stand-up special about how badly she wanted to cheat on her husband and then her husband left her. Oh. <laughs> oh, That's real? Crazy. Yes. I knew I knew that her she talked about her husband a lot. Special. I knew that she talked about her husband a lot and then also I knew that she talked about how she ate ass, maybe question mark, and so people are like, yeah. "Oh, Bill Hader's definitely getting his ass ate." Um, Her which is a weird thing to say about anyone. Special <laughs> was about how badly she wanted to cheat on her husband. It was the whole special. Interesting. That's bold of her. <laughs> anyway, back into the episode, and this is the episode of the luck we had a shameless recap podcast where we are recapping season six, episode seven, "Pimp's Paradise." As I said, just before this recording, I finished editing 606 and remembering the tragedy of 606. And in this episode, we have to deal with the fallout of that. And it's just, Ethan's putting in some fine work in this episode, I will say. Which is weird, because then they, like, never let him do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, are they're like, okay, you got your little bit. He balled too hard. This episode aired, the last one was on Valentine's Day, so this one's the next week, February 21st, 2016. It was written by Dominique Mauricio, a story editor on the whole of seasons, uh, all of this season and all of season seven. This is the only episode where Dominique is also credited as a writer, was also credited as a writer on 705 Own Your Shit 804 paying it forward and 809 the fugies i don't remember and that then, one i thought it was just called refugees is that a typo that was no this was that was like seasons that was like two up ep- two episodes ago oh was the refugees the fugies in, in, um one second yeah pause <laughs> oh, both of us you can it. go ahead and keep reading but no i was, was i wrong let me see uh shameless no, you're right. I just don't remember this episode. Yeah, holy shit, you're right. Season eight, episode oh, nine, the Fugees. Oh. It's got it's got Cassie in it. That's why. Oh, it's also got Trevor in it. That's why I don't remember it. I oh. blocked it out. I fully blocked it out. It's season eight. It's the lost season. Um, oh, no, it's seriously, the it's the Canada. Oh. Line. Oh, I remember. I and I and Svetlana. Okay, I remember. This episode was directed by Peter Seagal. This is his last of three Shameless episodes he directed. He directed 406 Strangers on a Train, 
503, The Two Leases, and this one. He also directed really good, funny movies like Fifty First Dates, Get Smart, Anger Management, and fucking Tommy Boy. Damn. Fifty First Dates is a great movie. It's such a good movie. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore make a good rom-com. Yeah. The synopsis. Carl struggles with Nick's absence. He really does. That's heavy in this episode. Uh, He's taking over the Gallagher home and making it his crib. Frankie, Frank and Queenie rule the house. Yeah, they do. And, and Debbie returns when she's let go by Erica and Tyler. Which happens at the end of the episode. So, like, thanks, synopsis. But the That's way great. she says it is, like, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm 16. Bye. The previously one is done by Lip in front of his class. It's like he's talking to his class. Who watched it? Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Does any, did any of you fuckers watch it? Like, to the class. So funny. That's a good Previously one. on Shameless. Queenie showed up and right away started fucking Frank again. V and Kev have taken in a gaggle of refugees. Cancer mom is in remission, so Debbie is trying to seduce her way into the family. Ian is dating Caleb now. Boo. Boo. Helene and Lip's relationship exploded because Amanda shared that picture. Fiona broke down in front of Carl about losing the house, so he dropped a bag of money in front of her and told her to buy back the house. And Nick killed a child. Yeah, don't don't worry about it because they never talk about it ever again besides in this episode. <laughs> oh. Yeah, seriously. I mean, after the whole plotline kind of resolves. Or does it resolve um, with Sean getting Sean involved? Sean helps in, like, the next couple of episodes. Yeah, it's not this one. No, it's, I don't think it's this and one. Then, but then literally after that, they're like, They're like, and scene. Go work at the never fish again. shop. So this episode starts with Carl unpacking in, I, sorry, he's unpacking his things in what was the boy's bedroom, but is now just fully his spot. He put a queen bed in where Ian's bed was. Like, that is his room now. And speaking of a queen in bed, Queenie and Frank are fucking loud. They are fucking loud in this house. And Ian is like, Ian walks by with like Liam between his legs and he puts his hands over Liam's ears and they like shuffle down the hall. I remember that shot. I remember that shot too because people kept posting that screenshot of of him doing that because his muscles looked really good. (laughs) (laughs) People were like, look. Ian looks good in season six. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, he's very like disheveled. (laughs) Yeah. This is when he is in the midst of like bouncing back and forth between Shameless and Gotham too. Mm. So he's got that like spiky ass hair. I remember. Yeah. Uh, Carl gets a call about a delivery of some kind, and then he sits in front of a box of Nick's of Nick's things. Like it's just a box that says Nick stuff on it, and he's he's so sad. He the, there's an air of sad over this whole episode. And we cut to Fiona, who is waking up naked in Sean's bed at Sean's place. She's been away from the house for a few days, but now she needs to get... So did she buy the house and then just not move into it? Seems like it. Carl's been fucking designing the place. Yeah. She just got wrapped up with Sean, I guess. Because she walks in and is like, what the fuck? Or Carl was like, or Carl was like, I'll handle it. And Fiona was like, okay... Like, when she got custody of them and then immediately was, like, at her boyfriend's house all the time. She bought the house back and is immediately at her boyfriend's house all the time. Fiona! Can a woman not have hobbies? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Over to Frank. He and Queenie are playing house, making breakfast and shit. And I'll admit, Queenie's kind of cute. 
Um, and like she's all domestic, but like my man has a type. She's blonde. She's fucking nuts. She like from this brief moment that we've met her, Queenie's out of her goddamn mind. I love her. This scene sucks. I love her, her a and lot. Frank are such assholes together though. Yeah, yeah but that's, like well, it, that's what he's like with every woman he dates. I mean, that's why it's nice when they, you know, fuck off a little. Like, <laughs> that's why like he was like this with Sheila, but Sheila wasn't like this. Sheila was like just genuinely a good person. Yeah. But Queenie she also was... is a scammer. Yeah. And Queenie says she's only around for a little while. She's got to get back to the farm where she works as an herbalist. And he's like, no, 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 you can't go. I'm not letting you go. And then the saddest cut ever to Lip and Ewan's waking up so hungover in Ewan's car. Like, so hungover that Lip is still wasted. Embarrassing. Yeah. And, like, like I can in the see car the beginning. Too. It's like, oh. I can see that this is the beginning of him sliding down a hill. And they flip a coin to see who's going to go teach class that day. I think Ewan's loses. He has to teach class that day. Yeah, Lip is not. not I think, like, Lip, like, rolls it. back over and, like, Ewan's gets <laughs> out of the car. Fiona gets home to see Carl tricking out the house with a slide. They're putting a slide in the front room. Yeah, where the stairs are, by the way. <laughs> and, like, big, gaudy, ugly, like, I have money decorations. There's, in like, the um, room. like a bunch of weed plants with, like, a UV. There's, like, a whole, like, DJ turntable. Like, that place is, like, decked out. And she goes upstairs and sees that Ian took over her room because Carl kicked him out of theirs. And Ian just kind of assumed that Fiona moved out. Which she did. She did do that. Carl and Fiona get into it about Carl claiming ownership, even though it's Fiona's name on the deed. He's like, yeah, but I fucking bought it. I gave you the money. This is my house. He's not wrong. And then she asks, everybody in this whole episode is so, like, glib about, like, where's your buddy? Where's Nick? Where's your, where's the guy that was, like, your shadow? Like, what the, where the fuck is he? Because they've got no idea. They don't know. And no Carl clue. doesn't tell, he's literally he just, just like, go, goes, he goes, gone. Like, whatever, don't even care. He's like, he left, okay, whatever. It seems like Sean might know. I think Sean knows from when Carl came to him, like, broken. I think he right knows something happened, happened, but I don't think Sean knows the details. Because I think they have, like, a conversation about it in, like, the next episode or two. Cause well, cause Sean asks, he goes up to Carl and he's like, "Well, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm here." And he's like, "Yeah, thanks, fucking Doctor Phil." And he blows him. Oh yeah, <laughs> my bitch. And Fiona, Fiona's like, "Frank, Frank has a fucking bedroom in this house, and I'm being told that the couch is still free." No fucking way! And she starts throwing all of Frank and Queenie's shit out into the hallway. And I, I guess Liam must be in Debbie's room. Because Debbie is still at Cancer House. Oh, yeah. Liam must be in Debbie's room. She's doing her own thing. Cancer Mom comes in with Erica. Erica comes in with breakfast and gives Debbie a bonus. And she's trying to be so subtle about the fact that she's kicking Debbie out. She's like, I'm so sorry to see you leave. Here's a a little bonus in your last check for all the the help. Thank you so much. It's like, I'm very bold of you to act like you did not tried to seduce her two nights ago <laughs> but then doesn't abby like doesn't like she debbie play dumb and she's like oh my god let me go make pancakes real quick that's crazy so you can't tell me to get kicked out well she panics debbie's sitting in her bed and she panics when she's handed her quote-unquote last check and she says she feels the baby kicking 
And she's like, hey, you want to feel? And grabs Erica's hand and puts it on her belly so that they can hold hands. And she could be like, hey, why don't we talk about this later? Just you and I, just as girls. We slide over to the ball house where Veronica's mom is picking up the refugees. And the little girl gifts Viona, or sorry, gifts V with a homemade shiv. Like the little girl's like, here is my present to you. And it's a homemade shiv. That's so cute. V's like, for me. Uh, v is mostly pissed about how gypped they were by the church whose pastor walks around with like a Gucci and a Rolex. She's like, we didn't get nothing. We didn't get no extra fucking help for ha- hanging out with all these refugees, having them all stay at our house. And the her mom's like, well, the church is broke. And she's like, the pastor walks around wearing Gucci and flashing his ch- cheap, tacky Rolex everywhere. The fuck are you talking about? And then Ian goes to Caleb's place and brings him breakfast Caleb is making a wedding gift for his cousin. It's an ugly ass flower he's making out of some fucking wrenches. They, they like tried so hard to make him look like a good artist, but all of his stuff was so bad. So bad. I just think about that guy, (laughs) that guy from the fucking, uh, the meme guy. I forget his name. I've seen found object art. His is garbage. His is garbage. Caleb asks if Ian has thought more about becoming a fireman and suggest Ian's like, well, I don't even know where I would start. And, and Caleb's like, well, start as an EMT. Start there. And then Caleb asks Ian to be his wedding date. Like today for a wedding. He's, he's on his way out the door to go to. And then we go over to Carl at school. And this is when the show, for some reason, decides to give us white people subtitles for the slang that Carl and his friends are speaking. <laughs> this part's so stupid. It is not even like slang that's hard to understand. They take a lot of, like, leaps in the latter half of the show trying to be funny that just don't land. Yeah. It's like, like oh. Usually it's slang... something that steps outside the mise-en-scene, too, and it's like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> like what the conversation Like, you're taking me out of the like, story. <laughs> These are understandable phrases that you did not need to put captions on the screen for. Like, if you're not stupid, you can understand. And in this one, like, while he's describing, he's like, yeah, everybody come over to my crib. I'm hosting I'm hosting a kickback. He's like, it's going to be a pimp's paradise. So we get the title drop in this episode. I think it's really funny that it's, like, kind of like Gangster's Paradise, but they were like, we probably can't say that. <laughs> so then they, like, low-key reference 50 Cent a little. I think P-I-N-P. the song's playing. Is it Gangster's Paradise or pimp? Or- P-I-M-P, pimp. Maybe Gangster's Paradise, or, like, they've used probably used that song during, like, a montage of, like, the house mm-hmm. or something. Maybe if they could get the rights to it, or something similar. Joining Lip at school, he's getting fired from being an RA. Not because he slept with a professor, not because of the disciplinary board, but because of the mural on his wall. <laughs> it- Which he didn't even do. But also- it defaced the property of the bil- of the dorm. Sorry, can they not just, like, paint over it? Like, I don't know. Exactly. But, like, it fully is because of the Helene thing, but their reason of firing him is it's because like, of it's the It's like pain. union busting. They're like, you're fired for this dumb reason, but actually it's because you're, like, part of the union. I thought the, yeah. like, whole thing was, like, it's such an anonymous situation that, like, a lot of the school didn't know it was him fucking the teacher besides, like, the school board and, like, that one student teacher. So, like, how would... I'm the sure the house. I'm sure the housing, housing got know a that note. It was him. I'm sure. I'm sure the housing 
like the important people gotcha and then and then obviously anything relating to lip and his student services because he's like on a full ride yeah like i'm sure housing like found out yeah it's or helene's husband might have done it too oh yeah oh right slimy bastard uh, we go back to the Gallagher. He So he gets kicked out. He gets fired for being an RA. He's got to move out of the dorms today. Go pack your shit. Get out. Back to the Gallagher house. Chucky has been sent home from school. Why, you may ask? Because he did a book report on Mein Kampf. Okay, this is the storyline we're doing for Chucky today. Yeah. That he did a book report on fucking Mein Kampf. I mean, it's loyal to um what he's become, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not surprising. It's funny, when he comes to the door, when he comes to the door, Frank is like, fuck off, I'm trying to fuck your grandma. And then Queenie comes up behind him and he's like, oh, Chucky, what's wrong? <laughs> he's like, oh, come here, oh, what's wrong? And he's just like, fuck. But Queenie's like, it's not your fault, Juvie warped your brain. And she's, she's like, like weirdly, she's weirdly right about that, though, because it's like, isn't he almost, like, his IQ, it's like he's almost legally incapacitated. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, she's kind of right, sure. But also, it's like, well, it was Sammy who did the tattooing of it all. Oh my god, fucking! Oh, I Sammy. forgot that she was the one that even do it too. Oh my god. Queenie says that Frank and Frank and her can teach Chucky at home, and Frank's like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. I'm sick of Chucky. I'm ready for Chucky to be gone. The only thing that made me giggle was like last episode when frank's like what have you been doing down here and he was like everyone's gone <laughs> i beat myself to stay warm at night and i was like oh my god at the alibi kev presents v with the vacation he planned for her it's really cute out of nowhere he's like i've got us a hotel it's got a pool we need to get away this will be really nice and she's like that is really thoughtful and sweet kev that's so nice of you and she's like, oh, wait, who's going to watch the girls? And Svet comes in and goes, I watch Chocolate Vanilla Babies for small fee. You go on vacation. Love her. And, like, this is a symbol of how far they've come in their relationship. That V is not even like, no way is that woman going to watch my kids. She's just like, oh, dope, cool, childcare. That's great. <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> and then we join Debbie at Cancer House. She's Googling lesbian sex positions to try to act and trying to act them out on a teddy bear girl and and then she picks up her phone and asks carl advice about gay sex um but your your note here bold to assume that ian would know anything about anything or that he would even want to think about it we all remember the one time he ate pussy but like she's not calling asking carl about wait she doesn't know she's like i need to know gay sex advice so that you i can reverse engineer whatever the advice is for a woman so then call your gay brother what's wrong with you that's silly well i just remember when he was like two in the pink one in the stink and debbie was like what and then he like he like held it up (laughs) no he's like (laughs) since he texts her a photo of it oh yeah Yeah, he sends her, he's like, I'll send you a photo. And he gets off the phone. Because he's like, I can't, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. And he gets off the phone. But, no, um, uh, Lena, Ian has his whole moment, like, next season. Remember? He has never dabbled yeah. with a woman. I know, yet. I know. But, like, still, it's, like, bold to assume Ian would know anything. <laughs> At Patsy's, Fiona is a little out of it. She poured OJ into a customer's cup of coffee. 
And the other waitress is like, are you good? What, what the fuck was that? And But then another waitress who we've never seen before, brand new, is like, keep an eye over there at that booth. They're dining dashers. They've been peeling off one by one. And then Fiona even burns herself on the coffee maker. She's so distracted. And Sean like pulls her to the side and checks on her. And she's like putting, she's like being away from the house kind of like put me in exile. And I don't, I don't like it. I like being in the middle of everybody's shit. And, and I'm not in the middle of anybody's shit right now. And I don't, I don't like this. Well, it's like, girl, you bought the house back and then proceeded to like not be there for quite a few days. It's like, <laughs> and I now know. you're pissed that you everything's missed a different. Lot. Like you missed the whole moving back in process. Like she said in the last episode, she just wants to be their big sister, but like, but you like being their mom. Yeah. Like, and Fiona gets a call from the school. Good news, Fiona. You get to be in the middle of somebody's shit. Liam has lice. She has to go get him from school. And then Sean, Sean goes to use those like, then there you are right back in it again. <laughs> and she asks him if he's going to come over for dinner and he's, and he makes a quip about getting lice. And she's like, so that's a yeah, you're coming over for dinner. And then isn't there a really fellow- sweet scene at the end of this episode? Stop! I know yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And the 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 waitress who is always bitching about Fiona bitches about not getting time off for when her kid had lice for two weeks, and then Sean's like, two weeks? That's too long. That's too long for your kid to have had lice." And then the other waitress, while the Dine and Dasher is trying to walk out the door, the other waitress fucking tackles him. I don't know what the point of that was. We've never met that woman. And it was just, like, a, a subplot in this scene. I can't remember if she, Comedy. like, stays, like, stays as, like, a waitress there. I think she does. I think she shows up again. Back to Lip at school. He's taking the last of his stuff out of the dorm. And the girl who worked in the office where he got called to to get fired is in the hallway and invites him. She's like, hi, I have a sorority. We need a live-in cook. Why don't you come be the live-in cook at my sorority? And, then and he's like, oh, wow. She's like, here's my handle. And he's like, what? Yeah, her Instagram handle. He does not know how to flirt with these college girls. At school, Dominique is a little bit offended that all of a sudden Carl Carl just walked right past her. He's blowing her off. Because he's really, like, he's in his fucking head about Nick still. And she she even asks, like, hey, where's, where's the big friendly giant? Like, where is he? And it, like, kind of softens Dominique that Carl's, like, upset about the lack of Nick. He's like, he's gone. He's not going to be around anymore. And she's like, oh, what's this here? <laughs> and she's like, why don't we sit here and have some snacks and not talk about it? And it's very cute. It's really sweet. What's not cute and sweet is this. <laughs> Ian's at the wedding with Caleb and he meets Caleb's parents. Caleb's dad is a pastor, which is so fun and uncomfortable. No, that whole scene is just so weird because it starts off with, like, them eating some food and he's like, make it look like that's the best goddamn bite in your life. My aunt something is over there. And then for him to, and then, like, they even after they walk away, the parents, like, Ian's like, "Mm, you didn't think you wanted to, like, tell me about your dad? And Caleb's like, no, like, it's okay. Like, I didn't know. Like, it's great. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Caleb, you need to give a heads up about that, about your homophobic pastor dad. Like, come on. He's officiating the goddamn wedding. And, like, God, I hate everything about him and Caleb. It's just, like, weird for him to be like, Ian is so classless, he's so, like, whatever, and then to, like, pull shit like this. It's like, this is just, like, rude. No, he's literally just, like, parading him around. Like, look at my new little, like, fun 
toy my new project. little boy toy because they're not even boyfriends so it's like no. my new little boy toy Caleb's only gonna be more invasive of fucking Ian's privacy so can't wait well oh. I mean it, that's like a thing that you should be doing in relationships but he just is like he's judgmental no, but like <laughs> not yeah like not in like invasive obviously not the right term but like the way he plays it like he's like how dare you and Ian's like I didn't owe you all my I don't life owe you story. anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean now? Yeah. Interesting. But then it's like, well, um, Caleb, you have secrets of your own, do you not? Yeah. I do know about one big secret that I'm fucking pissed about already, but I'm waiting to see do you tell how us? it comes out. I know that Caleb has is HIV positive and doesn't tell Ian. Yeah. That's kind of, that that plays into what we are talking about. It's like the overall conversation that I'm speaking it's, of. But it's not, how I don't know if it's before topic. or after they've had sex. Before. Um I believe it I believe it's after. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. I do that's think, what I thought. I mean, I do think they use protection and I feel like Ian when they do use protection, Ian's like confused about it. He's like, really? Or like, something if like you that. Have HIV and you are about to have sex with a person. It is your obligation to tell that person. Absolutely. Um, let oh. me. Damn, he has a last name. No, I, I thought he no. Didn't have a last name. <laughs> no, Lena. I think it might be. <laughs> okay. Um, he, tells um, um, af- um, he tells him before. I think because then they go to the doctor. Remember? Because uh, Ian's like, whoa, and then Caleb's like, maybe you should. And Ian's like, whoa. No, uh, no. Right? Um, They don't do it. Because then they have like a whole moment but when then they do they it. Use, they use condoms the first like couple times. But then, I... but then Caleb's like, but then Caleb's like, you should go get tested. Because Ian's like, well, I don't use condoms like ever. And Caleb's like, well, you should go get tested actually. And then they, they go get tested. <laughs> Oh god, so fun! So excited for that. I don't know. It's yeah, it's um interesting. A- it's, a- it's like Caleb yeah. like slut chains. <gasps> oh my god, I forgot. Uh, kind of, it, like because on the wiki, it's like Caleb seems to be okay with his past. Um, I totally forgot about what happens when Queenie gives Lip a foot massage. Shut the hell up! That's in the trailer for the Shut next episode. Shut the hell up! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> weird like honestly top 10 weirdest scenes in this entire show is that queenie lip scene well speaking of queenie she and frank are at the school about chucky's offensive book report on mein Kampf. the school says it's okay to write about mass murderers you just can't side with the mass and murderers let's note that the two people that they're having this conversation with are a woman and a jewish man wearing a yarmulke a yarmulke yeah. real I'm pretty sure it's a non-white woman, too. And Frank says Chucky not being able to do a book report about Mein Kampf violates Chucky's First Amendment rights. And then he goes on a classic Frank monologue about fucking liberty and justice for all. And it's a nonsense speech. It's a Frank nonsense speech. And then at the end of it, he threatens a lawsuit. And Queenie's, like, nodding her head along, too, so I'm like, she's also a bastard. (laughs) At the sorority house, Lip has an interview with the house mom and learns that the room and board is in the sorority house, in the basement. He's hired immediately. They need somebody to start right away because of Rush. She's like, see you at lunch. So now he's the new houseboy of Gamma Delta Rho. 
Kev and V arrive at their vacation motel. It's a shithole. It's v terrifying. The, yeah. V like cleans the room. She brings fresh sheets and some candles and like is looking for bad bugs. She does normal like you're in a shitty hotel checks of stuff. And like I, this whole plot of them is just like Kevin V have a romantic getaway. It's so cute. Isn't this part though when she's he's like, how did you know to do all that? And she's like, oh, I read the reviews on this place. Like I did my research. She's like, no, this is supposed to be a calm, fun, and relaxing date for you. Stop planning. And she's like, okay. Yeah, the whole time he's like upset that she doesn't trust him when she's just really she needs to. She's a bit of a control freak, and that's honestly that's fine. I don't blame her doing that to that room. That room was hideous. <laughs> but he's like, I'm trying to do something nice for you. Back to Lip moving into the sorority basement. He overhears the girls calling him hot while he sips a flask in the room. And then we cut away from that. Just, again, pacing. Well, I love the the episode is like, and Lip is getting really into drinking right now, by the way. And we are showing this, we are showing this by him sipping on a flask in his room. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, but yeah, just, just. Side note, guys, he woke up drunk and he's going to be drunk for the whole episode, basically. Like, if you didn't know, he's drinking. Uh, at the alibi, Frank and Queenie are playing pool and Svet is preparing to give Tommy some tooth surgery with a sterilized bar tool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is she going to, like, pull it Rip out? Rip the molar out, yeah. 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 So real. Ugh. And Frank tells them how amazing Queenie is and how he cannot let her slip away this time. But Queenie is like, Frank, we are terrible together. We're a bad couple. And she's like, remember how I tried to slam your head into a car door and how you told people I was nothing but a good fuck? And then I told you I was pregnant and you disappeared? She was like, when I was pregnant with our deranged daughter. <laughs> he's probably like, but that is so funny because he's probably like, and yet you are better than Monica. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yet, that was the best, most healthiest relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, things can be different this time. Did I mention I have a pregnant teenage daughter? And she's like, you have a pregnant teenage daughter I haven't met yet? And I like this cut because then it cuts to Svet ripping his... Like, she, like, gives him a shot and then she takes it. That's later. Oh, that's later? Wait, I thought, it's, it's, later. I thought it's in the middle of the scene. No, it's later. She's, like, sterilizing the bar tool in this what scene. What the heck? I watched this and episode we, like a week ago. <laughs> what we do is we cut to Debbie at the house with Erica. And Erica's telling Debbie how inspiring it is that Debbie is choosing to have and raise this baby on her own. And how much she's going to miss having Debbie around. And Debbie takes that little nugget and that takes it as an opportunity to jump Erica fully. And she's like, we could be one big happy family. And starts to like work her way down Erica's body to her pants. And she pulls out her phone to look at the picture of two in the pink, one in the stink that Carl <laughs> sent her. And that's when she sees the text from Frank. It's dad. We got the house back. Come home. He is so funny for that. He was <laughs> like, also, oh, by the way, he could have hey. just left her there. Who would have been Are mad? Are you telling me it's been days since they got the house back? And Carl and hasn't texted nobody her? nobody told Debbie. Like, Carl, she literally called Carl. No one likes her. <laughs> they didn't want her there. Honestly, I don't blame them. Also, it's like, well, Liam has his own bedroom now. Everybody's got, like, their own room now. Where would she go? Yeah. But she, she gets the text and she's like, oh, by the way, I quit. I'm only 15 and I like boys. Goodbye. <laughs> 
we go back to the Gallagher house where Carl is throwing a party and Fiona tells him, get everybody out. I have to disinfect the entire house. Liam has lice. And Carl blows her off even mid-party. He just leaves because his mind is somewhere else. And Fiona literally pulls the plug on the speakers of the party and kicks everybody out. And then another party is Ian at the wedding with Caleb. Uh, And Caleb's pastor father is staring them down. He's saying some sort of piece about how it needs to be holy while looking right at them too. And Ian's like, you you seeing this? He's like, God sees you when you're naked. You can't (laughs) hide from God. Okay. All right. And like Caleb puts his arm around Ian. Hate it. I hate it. Kevin Kevin Veer at the pool in the motel. It's a pool that's in a parking garage, but it's a pool. And they they look at the couple in the other corner. They're like, "You think they're just are they just grinding? Is it just the motion of the ocean or is are they fucking right now?" And V's like, "I think I think they're fucking." And V like has her phone with her and she's like checking in on the girls. And Kev's like, "Can you put your phone away and have a little just like a little bit of trust in me that Svet has them and everything's okay?" And he, it goes from him saying, can you trust that I've left these girls with somebody who's responsible who will take care of them? Hard cut to Kermit holding the girls in the bathroom of the alibi while Svet pulls the tooth out of Tommy's mouth. <laughs> that scene is so good. Like, Svet's taking care of them. It's fine. Kermit's holding them. Uh, in the alibi bathroom. Uh, so that happens. And then... He, uh, Tommy is like in so much pain from her pulling his tooth that she puts one of the girl's binkies in his mouth. He's like, give me anything, anything. <laughs> she uses that shit. <laughs> At the house, Fiona scrubs Liam's hair to get rid of the lice. And she starts, and like, she's, it's a very cute, like, moment she has with him in the tub. And she starts straightening up the house. She washes all the sheets. She washes all their clothes. And Frank and Queenie come home and Queenie's like, oh, you shouldn't use chemicals. You should just put this oil on his hair. And Fiona's like, all right, I already used the chemicals. So fuck off. And she's and like, die. use Get- this, this incense oil on the couch. And she's like, no, I'm going to throw it in there with fucking so much soap that you can imagine. She's like, we've had lice before. I know how to do this. Leave me alone. And then Carl goes to the house of the little boy that Nick killed. With a card full of money and a couple of grams of coke for the family. His, his intentions were well. <laughs> like, he yeah, he goes up and he's like, I heard, I'm a neighbor. I heard what happened. I'm so sorry. This has money and a couple of grams that you can sell to, like, cover funeral expenses or something. And, like, it's he's so, he feels so guilty. It's it's so hard. And the, the family's like, please go away. I, please, oh, that's I when the dad opens Nick. the door. Because remember, we were talking about like if the dad was in the picture. It's both of them, yeah. And they're like, they don't know that he knows Nick. They don't know that he had anything to do with it. But they're just like, please go, go away from us now. And he leaves the card on the porch. Then we go to the sorority house. The girl who helped Lip get the job, whose hair is insane, by the way. It's like it's a mess. No, it's dope. She looks cool. <laughs> It looks like she just didn't brush it. It's just everywhere. Yeah, it looks like a mane. It looks like Emmy's hair when they let her actually have it curly. And she is flirting with him hard. Like, she is, she is not being subtle. She's like, I can come to your room later. 
when it is later and I can come to your room. And he's like, <laughs> sure. I am free on Thursday on Thursday when I am free. <laughs> uh, Debbie comes back to the Gallagher house and acts the part and Frank. And Frank acts the part of the concerned father. He's like, oh my God, my pregnant daughter. You've come home. Thank God. Even Debbie's like, what? Yeah. And while this is insane, it's a, it's an insane thing for Frank to be doing. I kind of like Debbie having someone who's given birth in the house to be able to give her advice about giving birth. I think it's kind of- Queenie has her flaws, but I think she did have, like, some good influence on the family, even though she was not, she didn't fit in with the family. But, you know, like, like, V's around. V has had kids, and Debbie can ask V things, but, like, she knows V does not approve of this baby. So it's nice, she's like, all of a sudden, boom, mother figure. And Queenie's there. And Queenie's so comforting, and obviously the resentment with V, like, makes sense. Why she's like, okay, sounds good. Back to Kev and V in the parking garage pool. Again, her phone goes off, and again, Kev is like, why don't you trust me? Oh, yeah, he got a snaps at her. He's like, you do this. It's kind of like she does this, and she doesn't trust him. So he's worried he burned her out with all of his... He's like, all of the shit that I put you through in the last few months, I'm worried I've burned you out, and and now I picked a shithole for our vacation. And she's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's a shithole. It doesn't matter that we went through some stuff, like... You stood with me when I couldn't get pregnant and then when I was depressed after I was pregnant and like you tried and this is nice. And then they fuck in the pool in front of an old guy who might be dead. I know they're like, is he dead? They're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's fuck anyway. And we go back to the wedding and then Ian says yet another thing that slanders Mickey for no fucking reason. What does he even say? I forget. He says that the last wedding he went to was his boyfriend's wedding to the Russian hooker that he was forced at gunpoint to marry. Oh, what a what a bomb. Yeah. yeah, that's so fun. I'm so glad the writers remember a thing that happened in Ian's past, but still, that was rude. And then they get into a fight about Caleb using Ian like a prop, like we've said. He's like, hey, what the fuck? But then Caleb's like, I'm sorry. And Ian's like, it's fine. What? What? Like, lets that go so fast. They're boring. There's no chemistry. None. Like, they're just boring. This story is boring. Back in the house, Carl's smoking weed and blasting his music, and Fiona goes off on him about why he's acting so fucking weird recently. But he he refuses to tell anybody what happened with Nick. Which I don't understand really. Like, Like, I think it's still a little bit of him processing it. But I mean, definitely processing what he actually saw, yeah, for sure, because that's like very traumatic. But and also maybe just like reckoning with the fact that like his friend, who he knew had killed someone before, but like in his head it was like justified. Like in Carl's head, he's like, yeah, the guy was like abusive. He was a piece of shit, so it's like justified. But it's like this is a murder that you really can't justify yeah like something he also tried to prevent too so he was like if i was quicker like he's probably like this yeah yeah and it's probably him like holding a piece of the friend that he knew in his head and he's like he already knew his family didn't trust nick and he doesn't want to give them a reason yeah also he's what he's what 15 years old maybe yeah 15 like if that he's like a year younger but 
at one but the timeline gets all sorts of fucked up at one point frank mentions in this season deb's is 15 with a baby on her hip but i really i really think she's 16 and carl's 15 at this point especially since he's like in high school yeah like i think back so many times he was held back it's like i think he's got to be at least 15 and then queenie comes in with debbie and a bunch of healthy food like kale and tofu and shit and fiona's like she's gonna eat fucking kale and tofu are you fucking kidding me (laughs) she's like tofu she's being pushed out she's being pushed out of her kids lives and then in the sorority basement, Lip looks at the art book that Helene gave him and then sadly looks at his picture of Helene asleep in bed. And then we cut away from that again. Back to the wedding. Ian and Caleb are dancing together. If you could call what Ian is doing dancing. Is this when he's like grinding on him and like fucking, yeah. oh my God, pulling on his tie? Ridiculous. I can't. Worst I dancing cannot. in my entire life. They also meme the fuck out of that. Ian and Caleb is just a joke. The, they, the shot ends with Ian, like, dropping it low, and that's where they cut away from the scene. I'm like, I wonder if Cam got back up. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so stupid. They're like, we won. F- fuck you. Just leave the homophobic wedding. I don't understand. In the backyard of the house, Sean comes up to Carl and figured, and he figures out, hey, Nick's not coming back, is he? And Sean's like, I've seen someone die. And, like, Carl tells him what happened. And Sean says that he's seen someone die and you don't know how much that shit's going to haunt you until it just does. Mm-hmm. And then he says there's no real way to pretend that it never happened, but you can always hit the reset button like, and participate in your life again. And like, once again, weird set of circumstances, but I like that Carl has somebody around who like gets him and can pull him out of this Mm -hmm. like yeah it's like nice seeing the two kids have like a different role model as of now like i don't know because it's always just been like fiona's mom and dad yeah but yeah for someone else like queenie's batshit crazy but like she knows how to be pregnant and sean like knows what it's life what it's like in the life carl is living right now and then lip is drunk he's so drunk drunker than he's been all episode banging on Helene's door, screaming at her window, throwing his beer at her window. And, like, I bet they moved. Like, I bet they're not even in there. Yeah, no, they're out of there. They have they don't want to have any association. I feel like, especially with how many times it's already happened to Helene at this school, homegirl, you're done. And, like, Lip is spiraling. He is yelling in the streets, spiraling. And, like, and then in the Gallagher kitchen, it's it's a healthy meal of kale and tofu and Frank and Queenie. <laughs> like those two ba- items aren't bad, but like if you make it properly, but like they probably just like steamed both of them. We're like, mm, dinner. <laughs> and Frank and Queenie cannot stop making out. And Fiona leans over to Sean and is like, can I spend the night at your house? And he's like, how about you move in? Oh, about damn time. <laughs> oh. And she goes, really and he says yes and they get up to leave and queenie's like so nice to see you you're always welcome here and fiona's like yeah i know the house is in my name (laughs) queenie was kind of a gun for saying that (laughs) and then fiona is like come on liam let's go and liam's like no i want to stay with debbie liam rejected her debbie's like i got him don't worry about it like that stings liam rejecting her stings 
And then Ian and Caleb are walking back from the wedding and they start making out on the bridge where Ian almost jumped a few episodes ago. That bridge is like very prominent in this season. Like for some reason, that bridge plate, we will see that bridge again in the finale. No chemistry, no spark. It's so forced. And then Fiona goes to Sean's place. He makes her spaghetti. Like when she had come home, Wed Queenie had all of the groceries. She's like, I was going to make spaghetti. Queenie's like, we're going to make kale and tofu and when sean takes her home he makes her spaghetti i love him what a sweet sweet man oh and he goes to kiss her on the top of the head and he's like there's something moving in there you have lice (laughs) (laughs) it was inevitable and then later that night lip is passed the fuck out in the sorority basement like drunk drunk asleep the way that you are when you are so hammered asleep i'm like kind of proud of him for him to get his ass back to the college <laughs> like he got all the way to Helene's house and all the way back back to his dorm room he there is nothing like a drunk walk i can't <laughs> plus i'd have to assume Helene lives like relatively close to campus like, oh yeah maybe, she has to if it's like because well the college is in chicago but like that i th- aren't they kind of out in the suburbs yeah for sure i yeah. think so it's like she probably lives like near campus but like not that far in the county yeah but yeah he's like the girl is banging on his door like to to hook up and he just doesn't answer her she's like, well hey, he's sleeping do you hang out? <laughs> like hey you awake and he's gone she's a little pissed about it but girl uh back to fiona and sean she is sitting in the tub like holding her knees to her chest and he's washing the lice out of her hair. That's <laughs> so precious. He he he's so boyfriend. They're so boyfriend girlfriend. They're so cute. No, I love them so much. I don't want anything to happen. I know this like the one I like I know the end of the season's going to hurt me cuz I am falling in love with him. They're so good together. Dermot Mulroney, how dare you? Fucking Dermot. Uh, at the Gallagher house, Frankie, Frank climbs into bed with Queenie and she's like, okay, you win. You win. I'm going to stay. And then we cut to credits. The after credit scene is Chucky giving his book report on Mein Kampf. And Frank <laughs> ends it with him. Frank ends it and goes, okay, I think you made your point, my young Trump. And that's how Funny, the Funny, topical for Crazy. the time. The credit song is Take a Stand by Pie Wacket Cuco. No idea. Next and credits music. <laughs> Next week on Shameless, Carl wants to get out of the gun running game. So Frank offers his services and gets high on his own supply. And like Frank gets cornrows. Yeah, I was going to say, is this the episode where Frank gets cornrows? Yeah. yeah. Gets his boo-boo. And Lip can't get hard until Queenie gives him a foot Wait, massage. Wait, that's, what it's, makes that's what's in the synopsis? That's crazy. Yes, that's what's in the pr- that's, that's what's crazy. in like the I'm next on trailer. Show all of that. <laughs> yeah, they show Carl wants to get out of the, the gun running game. Lip can't get hard. Queenie gives him a foot rub and he comes. That's like, what that's happens. So the next time <laughs> <laughs> this one is decidedly less upsetting than the last one. It's still, but it has very sad undertones to it, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the lip of it all, the Fiona yeah. of it all, and the Carl of it all. Like, boom, but boom, Kevin boom, V boom, had sad. fun for once, guys. I know, I did like that. 
I did like that they're just like, and, and Kevin V had pool. a little romantic getaway. Which is and everything they deserve, yeah. <laughs> and then Svet is doing shenanigans. Svet can take care of the kids and the grown men She's in the, the boss. bar. Everything's fine over there. It's Everything's cute. Also, Ian is well, there. I hate to say it. Ian's there, um, too. Caleb sticks around until, like, mid-season seven. Right, Lena? <laughs> Early. It's like the first two episodes. Go away. Uh... Go away. Mickey shows up next season. <laughs> My uh, baby I mean, how girl. You feeling? I, this, I feel like this is your season to talk, so. The, this, ep- this episode was, it, it, it was an aftermath episode. It was very much an aftermath episode. I feel like. I feel like it's a good shameless episode, though. Like, like nothing too crazy, nothing too, like, upsetting, but it kind of just, like, gives you, like, I don't know, like, a good glimpse into a lot of their characters, like, what they've worked towards to get to this point, and it's either, like, they're doing great or they're doing absolutely horrible. Or, like, kind of in the middle. Yeah, it wound down... It wound down some stories. It wound down the Debbie and the Carl stories. And it started winding up, like, Fiona and Sean, even. And Lip's descent. And, like, it's it's winding up some other ones. Because Ian stays winding in the background down some other for ones. the majority of this season. Like, you, you, we, we keep up with him, but, like... I mean, he's got his Caleb stuff, doing. but it's like he's... Yeah, he's really not making, like, huge moves. And maybe in their head it was big moves, but the fact of it is that him and Caleb yeah, are just like boring together. For us to so, like, oh my god, Ian's screen time. And I'm like, but Ian's screen time is boring. Well, it's that there's no, there's no fire there. Yeah, like not only is there no sexual passion, there's also no argumentative passion. All their arguments, like are just even like- even in a healthy way, like there's no like, like they don't fight in a in a like passionate way. It's like a competition in a way of just like. Yeah, I don't know. Like Caleb will always feel like he's better than Ian. I mean, in they some don't. Way. It, they don't share any like real interests. Like they just—they're not. They're a match because, or they're hanging out because they are both physically attracted to each other. I think and is circumstantial the... because Ian never even fucking went to the firehouse for that. Oh guy yeah, to begin with. completely. It was for the other guy who's and married. Ian, Ian wants to be better. Yeah, and Ian Ian thinks that this is what's going to like fix him is if he has like a normal boyfriend who has like a normal job and, and a normal life and hobbies, hobbies. and f- gay friends i guess it does sort of introduce this whole like ian getting introduced to other gay people way before they do it like heavy-handed with trevor and then they do it horribly oh oh yeah that seems okay sucks. remember when they when they go out with caleb's friends at like the movie theater yes. or something like the old older yeah, guy yeah yeah when they just have a roast competition. <laughs> that scene sucks. Sorry, Amanda. Ugh. This episode was good if you ignore the Ian and the Caleb and the Debbie. I love Queenie. I love Carl. I love Sean. Uh, <laughs> Queenie is batshit. I, I, I love her. She's yeah. Eat it up every time she's on screen. We hang out with her for, I think, until to- like the last couple of episodes. And then she's... She's like a nice yeah. in between of Monica and Sheila. She, she's Chaotic, like to, she's uh, just together neutral. enough. <laughs> yeah, she's very like Zen cult leader. 
Like, yeah, no, <laughs> just wait till we go, Amanda, just wait till we go to the farm, dude. It's crazy. We go to the farm? We go to the farm. Oh, no. So I, Lena, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I don't think it's next episode. I think it's the episode after that when we journey to the farm, right? Or is it at the very end of next episode? Because remember, I don't Frank has to fully remember. Frank has to but they're there for a away. while. So that makes me. Think they're there for like until like the second two the last episodes, episode. maybe three. Okay, like so it makes me think next episode is when they they leave for the farm at the very end of the episode, and then it opens up at the farm two episodes from now. I think. Well, damn. Yeah. No, it's entertaining, right. and then there's um, to. a big boy uh, actor who sh- who works at the farm. And Lena, which actor? It's a black actor Amanda would know. The guy who plays, like, the main dude at the farm that Queenie's, like, involved with. I don't know. I can look it up real quick. This is mm, two episodes. It's the next episode? Shameless. 609. Oh, yeah, it is two episodes. A yurt of one's own. Uh, 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 uh. Oh! I knew it. I know who you're talking about. It's Jeff Kober. He was in a lot mm. of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I was about to say. He I played. Was, I thought he was Sons of Anarchy, but he's too skinny in this show that I was like, maybe it's not him. He played Dope. a white supremacist changed, in Sons of Anarchy. Um, oh, they changed, and he was in Big um, Sky. Jeremy's IMDb picture. It's him accepting. A, is that a BAFTA or a SAG award? Oh wait, that's not him holding the. No, Emmy it's anymore? um. Is that a SAG award? Yeah, that's a SAG award. What girl? He hasn't. Did he win one last year? That this is last year. This is the oh. bear last year. Yeah. Yep. That is not a good picture of him. What is it? Something something. Tom Holland always <laughs> looks like he has a frog in his mouth. I think Jeremy Allen White's in that in that book too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I have to pee, and I told Zoe we'd watch Seventeen again. So I'm gonna look at Matthew Perry and. Oh cry. my gosh, she watched that movie like. She literally watched that movie like four days ago. She watched it last <laughs> night, Evan. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys, I love Matthew Perry and Zac Efron as much as the next guy. So he's fully oh back God. in the Zac Efron era. It's I know. I saw she put her Zac Efron poster up back up, too. <laughs> she did. She was posting all her hairspray art. I was like, girl, you're in deep right now. <laughs> but this was a good one. I'm excited that we are more than halfway into season yes. six. Because that means we're closer to season nine. <laughs> <laughs> but any any final thoughts from y'all? Nah, this episode was, did exactly what it needed mm-hmm. to do. All right. Appreciate y'all recording late tonight. And um, we'll, we're ahead of the game. I'm so That's excited. That's awesome. Good to know. Um, yeah. And until until we speak next. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.